This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Inside Story on BFM 89.9. Good evening, you're with Lee Chui Lin and tonight we are talking about Kairi Jamaluddin amidst ongoing speculation about where his political future will lie. So first, we'll be speaking to a political analyst to talk about KJ's political influence and what that decision may mean. But in general... The man himself hasn't said one way or the next, but we are asking you to weigh in. Where do you think Kyrie should go? Do you want him in the party you support or not so much? That number to call is 7733-2900. Tweet us at BFM Radio and send us a voice note or WhatsApp at our U mobile number 018-789-8899. This is Inside Story. It is 6.09. So let me just run through the headlines because I think that might give us a clear picture of what's going on here. Um, last week, Kairi Jamaluddin made headlines when he attended a meeting on the country's economic trajectory that was chaired by the Prime Minister, Datuk Sri Anwar Ibrahim. And this caused many to speculate on his potential inclusion in the unity government uh, to talk about whether there were overtures there. Uh, however, on his Kaluasa Kajap podcast, he confirmed that the meeting was not to talk politics, but instead to gain input and ideas from as many people as possible on how to improve the country's economy. So that's on one side. Now, on the other side, there have also been reports of him meeting up with Paikatan National Chairperson Tan Sri Muhyiddin Yassin. This was confirmed by Kyrie in an uncaptioned Instagram story of the two of them smiling together. This led to speculation that he had been offered the position of Deputy President of Bersatu and that he would be fielded as a candidate in the Kota Damansara state seat in Selangor. This, however, has been dismissed by Bersatu Deputy President Ahmad Faisal Azumu. So that is what we know um, that has been documented. Other things are speculative. Um, according to the Star, for instance, a source said that Kyrie would remain partyless for the moment, but that he is expected to campaign for PN in the upcoming state elections. Um, and for what it's worth, back in May, Muhyiddin had publicly offered Kyrie a Supreme Council position uh, in his bid to convince him to join Bersatu. Um, Kyrie said at the time that he needed well, time to consider his political future. Uh, he has also since said that he's received offers from various political parties, as well as floated the idea of forming his own. So that is is where it is at the moment. It's all up in the air. Um, and that's, I guess, forming the basis of today's conversation. we like to hear from you. I mean, while Kyrie thus far has maintained a pretty clear not really going to talk about it considering all offers this is what's happening kind of line and as is absolutely his right uh I guess we're just having a bit of fun and asking you, where do you think he should go? Do you want him in the party you support or not so much? You can call 7733-2900, send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. We're also going to be speaking uh, very shortly about all of this with Dr. James Chin, Professor of Asian Studies at the University of Tasmania. Call 7733-2900, send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Bole for Malaysia. Ha. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 
It is 6.13 and you're listening to Inside Story with Lynn. Today we are talking about the uh, speculation surrounding Kyrie Jamaluddin's next political move. He has attended meetings uh, with both sides of the political aisle um, and he hasn't said one way or the next, but we are asking you, where do you think he should go? Uh, do you want him in the party you support or not so much and why? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note to 018-789-8899. You can drop a WhatsApp there also and tweet us at BFM Radio. So joining us now, we have Dr. James Chin, Professor of Asian Studies at the University of Tasmania. James, as always, thanks for speaking with us today. Good evening. So, uh, earlier this week, there were reports about Muhyiddin Yassin making Kyrie an offer to join the party, sit on the Supreme Council. As of now, it seems that this is something, you know, that this is a proposal he's still considering. How significant of an offer is this? Um, I don't think the offer was a huge surprise to the political class in Malaysia. I think the moment Kyrie became uh, sort of a renegade in Amno, uh, people realised that uh, he's free to join any party. And there is a lot of people in Malaysia who think that he has some political talent. So obviously, there are people uh, running after him. But I think the reason why there is so much speculation is because of this upcoming or this upcoming crucial state elections. I think a lot of people are thinking that uh, this man Kyrie is very, very ambitious. He's never hidden the fact that he wants to be prime minister one day. So in some ways, the group that he will choose is the group that will form the next government. If people think that, you know, he has the ability to pick the next government. So that's the reason why I think there are lots of speculation. As to the offer given by Muyeding, again, I don't think we should be surprised. Muyeding has always offered him some sort of position the moment he, he was uh, removed from Amno. Uh, Muyeding was already sending feeders out to try to recruit him over to the Prikatan side. Uh, but I think the reality is uh, in the Malaysian context, he really has to choose uh, between Besatu or Amno. Uh, they'll talk about him forming a third group, his own political party. I think that is very, very difficult in the Malaysian context. Uh, if you look at the number of parties that's been formed around one personality, uh, the only one that's been successful in recent years is, of course, Besatu, started by Mahathir. But if you look at all the others that's been started in the last 30 years around personalities, uh, none of them work. So I think that option is not on the table for him. The option is really uh, on the Pakistan Harapan side under Anwar Ibrahim or on the Perikatan side under Muyadi. Uh, these are the only two realistic choices. I'm so glad you brought up the state elections because I think that that really is key. And there is speculation that while Kyrie may not formally join PN, he could campaign on their behalf in said state elections. What might his support mean in this context? Um, I think a lot of people think that he can reach out to the young people, uh, especially the younger voters or what we might call the first-time voters or second-time voters, uh, people who voted for the very first time in 2018. Uh, now, whether that's true or not, we don't really know, uh, because one of the interesting things about Kyrie is that although his branding is that he's very progressive, modern, uh, more suited for urban area, if you look at his political career, he's always represented a semi-rural area of uh, Rambau. He has actually never represented so-called the urban crowd. So it's quite interesting that his branding is very different from what he's like in reality. Let's talk about that a bit more because if we look at the branding, you know, uh, between 
Kairi Jamaluddin as a public figure and then Perikatan National as a party. Perikatan has always taken a more conservative, hardline stance. Um, how do you see Kairi's political principles fitting in here? Might it affect the brand that he himself has been building since his sacking from UMNO? Uh, no, there is actually no contradiction if he were to break, uh, join Perikatan. Uh, his only choice in Perikatan, if he doesn't want to damage his brand, is obviously Bersatu. Uh, it is quite clear that Bersatu is a direct clone. They share the same DNA as Amno, which is uh, Kairi's old party. And that uh, the original plan for Bersatu under Mahape was, of course, they were going to destroy Amno, and in the process, Bersatu will do a reverse takeover. Uh, of Amno. Of course, that did not happen. But the point I'm trying to make is that there's no difference in DNA, political DNA between Besatu and Amno. So if he were to join Besatu, uh, it will not damage his branding anyway. So just to say that uh, messages are already coming in and a number of them are referencing Muda um, and saying that they think that would be a good fit. Where do you stand on this? Uh, it's not where I stand. I'm talking about political reality. Mm -hmm. uh, it's very difficult for him to go in the muda because he is not that muda anymore. <laughs> but the more important point is that uh, a lot of young people in muda, that particular group of polit political operatives in muda, actually uh, don't like to work with people like Kyrie. They think Kyrie is a bit of a slippery figure. So he probably doesn't fit the Muda. And on his own side, I don't think he wants to go in Muda because Muda has not shown that it can be electorally successful. So we all know that Muda was given a certain number of seats and they only managed to win one. Uh, given Kyrie's branding, he always wants to be on the winning side and it's very difficult for him to move to Muda because I think the reality is that the current Muda leadership will be very wary of him and on his side, I don't think he wants to join a party that may not even get any seats in the upcoming elections. Before we talk about some public statements that Kyrie's made recently, I wanted to return to the point that you were making earlier about branding and um, and urbanness, because I think it's it's a pretty well documented thing that Kyrie Jamaluddin has pretty wide appeal among among a certain set of urban voters, but there have also been uh, questions about how that translates nationally or how that translates among grassroots. Could you talk us through that and, and how that might affect the conversation we're currently having about where he might head to? So on the one hand, Kari has always promoted himself as sort of a very urban, modern, progressive uh, uh, politician uh, who had, uh, you know, uh, worked with people like, uh, you know, in the UK. He always tell people work with economists. And, uh, you know, he studied from top university in the UK, all that sort of thing. So he understands the best of both worlds, the Malay world and the so-called Western world. But the point I was trying to make is that while that may be true, if you look at his political career, he's always joined a very conservative part of UMNO. Uh, and the seat here he represented for a very long time, Rambau, is actually a rural Malay seat. So although his branding is very urban in character, the political reality that sent him to parliament is not that group is actually uh, quite conservative Malay voters. And we all know that a lot of his uh, personal statements, especially before he became a full-time politician, a lot of his own beliefs actually contradicted with some of the core beliefs of, of Amno. but still he stayed Amno and he was loyal to Amno for a very, very long time. So I think it's very important that we understand Kyrie's personal belief 
and also in terms of his practicality, he wants to be in power, and that means he's got to make a certain certain amount of uh, compromises. Let's talk then about some of the statements he's made because he has said that uh, dissatisfaction with the unity government's economic direction rather than a green wave is what he sees as the reason for the discontent that Malay voters are expressing. Do you agree with the sentiment? Um, I think he's talking about the upcoming elections. I think that probably can't be applied to what happened in November last year. Now, in terms of uh, the economy, I think you have to be very careful who you place the blame is. The reality is Anwar has only been in government for about seven months. So it's very difficult to blame him for the economic, so-called economic mess the country is in now. Uh, the other point is that you have to remember Malaysia is still recovering from the pandemic. Uh, Malaysia is not unique in this case, but the pandemic hit Malaysia far more serious than what a lot of people are, 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 are believing. I mean, if you look at the sort of the figures, we really haven't recovered fully yet. Uh, but the biggest problem I have is that uh, the Malaysian government, including the Anwar government, did not use this period to make fundamental reforms to the economy. So the problem I have is that this government is trying to recover Malaysia back to pre-2018 or pre-2020. The problem is that you are back to square one if you don't make fundamental reforms to the Malaysian economy. Now, in his podcast, um, Kairi also said that the uneasiness that he has felt with Pakatan Harapan was because of unethical behaviour of their cyber troopers. Do these comments indicate or confirm that he isn't politically aligned with the unity government? Look, I don't think we should take too seriously what he says in his podcast. Uh, you have to listen to the whole thing. I think it's quite clear if you listen carefully, he does criticize both sides. Uh, but the reality is that in terms of uh, cyber trooping, right, both sides are equally bad. Uh, if you talk about last November's election, it is quite clear that the so-called uh, religious figures on TikTok who were spilling a lot of hate, trying to divide up the Malaysian population and Muslims versus non-Muslims. That was very, very successful, in fact, in getting votes uh, towards past. So if you want to talk about cyber trooper activities, I think you've got to blame both sides. Uh, you can't just say that uh, one side is worse than the other. James, is there a message you'd like to leave us with? Well, the message is that uh, Kari has lots of choices. I don't think that he has actually made out his mind. I think he's still looking at the terrain. Uh, but I'm sure he has to come to a decision very soon uh, because once all the states have uh, dissolved the assemblies, once the EC has set the nomination date, uh, he will have to decide one way or the other. And the options, are, as I mentioned, is, is quite quite clear. He has the option of standing uh, for a state seat. But this also means that he'll be tied up in state politics for the next couple of years. Uh, but I'm sure there was a price. So for example, uh, there's also thought in, in, in Kuala Lumpur circles that uh, maybe if somebody offers him chief ministership or Matripasa, he may be willing to go down to the state level. Mm. But I think ultimately, over the long run, he sees himself as very much a uh, part of the uh, federal government because I don't think he has given up on his ambition to be a future prime minister of Malaysia. James, thanks so much for speaking with us today. Thank you very much. That was Dr. James Chin, Professor of Asian Studies at the University of Tasmania, weighing in on the ongoing speculation that surrounds Kyrie Jamaluddin's political future and the choice that he may make um, about who he's going to stand with. Let us know... Um, 
he himself hasn't said. So this is a little bit of a game of speculation ourselves. But where do you think Kyrie should go? I'm, I'm doing a sort of dipstick test. Uh, do you want him in the party you support or not so much? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. 2900 uh, You can also send a voice note, as many people are doing, to 018-789-8899. You can drop us a WhatsApp there and tweet us at BFM Radio. Let's start things off um, in terms of talkback with this voice note from Danny. Hi, DJ. I prefer Kylie join PKR, the unwanted team. Danny, thanks for that. Uh, that's interesting because the part of the question was not just where do you think he should go, but do you want him in the party you support? Um, and I actually am not sure, Danny, where you're aligned to, but it sounds like there's there's an element there of, you know, just wanting him with the government. Meanwhile, uh, I referenced earlier people saying that they'd like him to join Muda and uh, Nor Safik is saying that he should join Muda, although he's no longer Muda, which was a point our guest James raised earlier as well. But the party can serve well as a third force and multiracial. And I think I, I can see a lot of people wanting this to be the case. I think where we run into trouble is um, in talking about the actual political influence of Muda, not so much the, the name value, but in how many seats they actually have, how much political influence they can exert. And I, I suppose that balance of who brings what to this relationship, I think that might prove a little bit difficult. Um, meanwhile, we also have a time for another voice note. This comes... Uh, actually, they introduce themselves. Here's our next voice note. My name is Chris, and I have to say Kyrie has been pretty successful in whitewashing his uh, image for a few years already. Let us not forget that uh, when uh, Abdullah Badawi was the Prime Minister, Kairi was actually the one who was waving the Chris together with uh, Hishamuddin and also his speeches during the uh, Amno General Assembly, which was uh, televised for the first time uh, in history, shocked uh, many of us because of the uh, extreme stance that he made. So thanks, but no thanks. I wouldn't want him to be any of the party I support. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. You know, this is something that I've heard um, others say and others bring up. I think it does. I'm not sure that it is so fully whitewashed that people don't talk about this anymore. I think actually it's closer perhaps to the fact that we're all now more accustomed to a certain fluidity in politics and political relationships and political branding such that people don't hold on to those things as much. I'm not sure it is forgotten, but um, thank you, Chris, for sharing your perspective and your opinion. Keep those thoughts coming. Today, we are playing a little game of speculation since the speculation's happening with or without us. Where do you think Kyrie should go politically? Do you want him in the party you support or not so much? Call double seven double three two nine hundred. send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Boosting female ministers. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 6.38 and you're listening to Inside Story with Lynn. Today we are talking about Kairi Jamaluddin because there is a lot of speculation about where his political future may be. Uh, he himself hasn't said yet, but I'm asking you, where do you think he should go? Uh, do you want him in the party you support or not so much? 
and why. Uh, you can call 7733-2900, send a voice note to 018-789-8899. You can drop us a WhatsApp there as well and tweet us at BFM Radio. We, uh, I think, have a caller with us, actually. We've got Farah. Farah, good evening. What are your thoughts? Hi, the Muda, and I did hear your interview in the fact that you know he wants to look at a political party that you know that would win. But I think this is not a short-term thing that he should rebuild for the next generation. That's why I just feel strongly he should consider Muda. Farah, thank you so much for calling and for sharing. You're not alone in that, actually. A lot of people are saying similar things. Um, although Liana is also saying um, he won't join Muda as he has publicly said he's not a fan of Sadiq. I hope he starts a new centrist party, though it seems like it's not a popular option and likely not going to happen. Um, so I, I think that Muda... Okay, let's see. Muda thus far has a couple of votes, I will say, including uh, yours, Farah. And for very similar reasons, for for the hope that there will be a development of young political players. But Liana, so far, new party... Okay, that that's one. I'm trying to keep tabs, although they are pouring in, so I don't know if I am going to be able to successfully tabulate it all at the end. Um, all right, if we look to the messages... Okay, we have a bunch of points um, from people all saying that they don't actually want him in politics. Let's start with this from Iz. Good evening, everybody. I think KJ should be an actor, not a politician. I think if he acts in movies, I think he could be a good hero. Thank you. (laughs) Is thank you for the uh, completely out of left field (laughs) suggestion. Um, I I mean, I see where you're coming from. Uh, There's that charisma that people talk about. But so far... If I were keeping tabs, uh, actor is an outlier. We do also have another voice note that's come in. Um, they introduce themselves and say, you know, also not so much in politics. Hi, my name is Shahin. I do hope that Kairi stay as a DJ and just stay as a TikToker because I really don't want him in any political party. I sincerely can remember how he was made the health minister even though he doesn't have any health or any medical or any medicines certification whatsoever and he was responsible in, in regards to vaccine so there you go no to carry in politics just stay where he is right now Sharon, thank you for that. Um, so again, a vote for... So there was actor earlier, now there's remaining in radio. I I will say, in all fairness, um, that I'm not sure that we judge all ministers according to their qualifications. I think that... To, I think that feelings were very heightened around the time of COVID-19 for very clear reasons, right? And the vaccine procurement was such a huge thing. So I, I do see where you're coming from, but I will also say that I hesitate sometimes to make judgments about ministers based on their previous qualifications or certification for the ministry they then helm. Because it's not, you know, if, if we look at cabinets through the years, they haven't always shaken out that way. Uh, although the DJ thing is is loud and clear, Catherison says, please ask KJ to stay as a DJ, clear his name of allegations or accusation of mismanagement of funds um, before going back to politics. He can make a very good income as a YouTuber, as a public figure. Um, That thing about social media, Lynette also say, 
makes a better DJ. But that thing about social media is clearly kind of a double-edged sword because Anderson says um, it doesn't matter where he goes. I don't think he'll be missed. Uh, Just look at his history. He's more of a social media person. He enjoys the spotlight. I don't want him in any party I'm aligned to. And that thing about social media is really interesting because you could make the argument that for modern politicians, particularly modern politicians who are relatively young, I, I didn't think we would come to talking about his age so much. But for modern politicians who are relatively young, social media, you could argue, is just part of the game. And being good at social media is a part of that as well. But if you look at both uh, the discourse around someone like a Kairi Jamaluddin and someone like a Said Sadiq, their social media savvy cuts both ways. There are people who get a lot of exposure to them because of it and know who they are and what they stand for and all that. Um, but there are also similarly people who... I think are quite quite troubled by it, who find it um, you know, not necessarily the best use of time. So maybe that's a topic for another day, but I just find it intriguing that it's coming through in so many forms. Just quickly, I think some time for other messages. Khalil saying, Kyrie for pass as Klantan MB. So pass, that's the first one. I think, uh, to mention specifically past, not just PN. Um, Jane is referring to the voice note that we received earlier from Chris saying, what whitewashing of the Curry's waving scene? Neither are we forgetful, nor should we be so judgmental. What's more important is that I hope if he joins... Uh, I that If I hope that he joins the party I support, I only want the progressive part that he would bring the country and us people. I support progressive parties and government. That is all. And Jane, I I see where you're coming from. I wish that it were like that. I, I, I don't know necessarily that we can take one but not the other, but I agree with you about whitewashing and how we look at people's political pasts because I think increasingly this is something that we are finding ourselves reckoning with, right? That that they've all done something in, in the past that we may be uncomfortable with. The unity government in particular has forced everybody to kind of sit with that a little bit more. Uh, keep those thoughts coming. We are speculating since there's speculation, is what I'm going to say. Um, where do you think Kyrie should go politically? Do you want him in the party you support or not so much? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Busy finding money. BFM 89.9. It is coming up to 6.46 and you're listening to Inside Story with Lynn. Today we are talking about uh, where Kairi Jamaluddin should go, um, you know, if we were to make suggestions, if we were to be so bold. And this is because there is ongoing speculation about his political future. He has taken meetings with uh, the Prime Minister on the economy. Uh, he has also met with the chairman of the Ikata National. So I think, you know, people are wondering. And we're asking you, where do you think he should go? Do you want him in the party you support? Not so much, perhaps. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. send a voice note to 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. So if we head back to the messages, uh, let's start with our next voice note, which is from Raj. Hi, Lynn. Um, I think KJ should join uh, PKR and he should be back as a minister. I had the opportunity of interviewing him recently and he has uh, tremendous ideas 
and uh, we really need him in the government and uh, you know he can really hold a very important portfolio like uh, investment or you know something to do with the economy and to build the country up further and he should be in the government so I think PKR will be the best bet that's my thoughts Thanks Raj uh, Josh agrees with you saying Kyrie should have made should have been made senator and then a minister. I have thoughts about this pathway. But anyway, uh, Josh says, instead of the current Miti minister, who did actually lose the election, Ezekiel is also agreeing with you, saying would love KJ in PKR if it could somehow work, past wrongs aside. So uh, thus far, a number of people wanting to see PKR. Some others, though, Amno. Uh, Fadzli says, KJ should go back to Amno and pull a coup. <laughs> Good entertainment if nothing else. And then has that gif of a very young Michael Jackson eating popcorn. Meanwhile, Kamar Nizam says, I want him back in Amno. He loves it. He's capable of reviving it. But somebody would have to go first. Lah. Um, and then Madhav is not saying Amno, but Amno adjacent, saying, I have tremendous respect for him. I would like him to be in the current government holding a ministry portfolio. Uh, if I could influence him, I would say join Amana. It's a smallish party, so not so much of a fight to hold leadership posts and influence the direction. It's similar to Amno in terms of demographics and ideals, seeing that he still believes in Amno's original ideals, but not the current leadership. So so, yeah, um, a pretty even split at the moment. We've also got a caller on with us. We've got Ahmad. Ahmad, good evening. What are your thoughts? Yeah, hi, hi. Uh, good evening. Now, I'm just curious uh, why BFM is uh, discussing KJ. Uh, maybe because of the KS podcast uh, that sort of influenced the market. But uh, nevertheless, he's a chess player. That I think he's a smart guy. Uh, you know, he, I think he sort of like planned all this to, to get on where he is right now. Because by, by, by looking at how he got himself here, right, um, he lost Sungai Buloh. But mm-hmm. representing BN at that time, by looking at the, you know, Klang Valley area and the candidates representing BN, uh, the one that's close to KJ, which won in the Titiwangsa. But why did KJ lost? is uh, all over YouTube. I can find out. But at the end of the day, it's... it's uh, it's it's how uh, I think uh, you know he will position, want to position himself personally and uh, to guess which party he will be attached with moving forward whether he, the word politics is still in his mind or not. But I I think he's a he's a professional guy. He can do a good job managing this, making deals here and there. So you know. Um, that's my thoughts, basically. <laughs> mm. uh, so I, I wanted to ask, Ahmad, whether you had a specific party in mind or a specific direction. If you could, um, I guess, if if you could look ahead and see what your ideal situation was personally. For KJ? My mm. um, guess would be PKR. Fair enough, Ahmad. Thank you so much for calling and for sharing. Um, so actually, you're not alone in asking why we're hyping it up. <laughs> I think that we have another voice note asking that. And you know what? I'm going to be honest and say it's in the headlines. Another part of it is, frankly, we're a news show and this one has been in the news. So yeah, it's a bit of that. Uh, I think it's also been a fair amount of 
everyone talking around it and then he himself talking about it, but not landing. And it's that not landing, I think, that has people intrigued. So that's what we're asking you about today. Um, essentially, since Kairi Jamaluddin himself hasn't said exactly where he's going to go, where do you think he should? Uh, do you want him in the party you support or not so much? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Um, we have more voice notes that have come in, uh, including, let's see, this next voice note introduces themselves as well. Hi, BFM Radio. Trevor here. Huh? Well, it comes to Kairi Jamaluddin. If you're talking about those days before the COVID, then Kairi will be an asset to any party that he, he joins. He's an intellectual, He's smart, he's young, you know, he can he can talk, he can perform. But since the COVID and vaccination fiasco, a lot of mails, a lot of uh, articles been flowing on this COVID vaccination uh, jabs issues. I think it will be not a very wise move now to have Kyrie in the party. Sort of like his name might have been a bit tainted already, lah. I guess until this whole thing is cleared, then uh, I think it will be a more clearer picture. But for now, I think just Kairi just leave it, let him be where he wants to join. No need to make any stringent effort to get him. That's my view. Thank you. Thanks, Trevor. Um, I yeah, I think that you covered a lot of ground with that. It does look, at least on the outside, like parties are trying. I don't know, um, but I think this. I, I like this idea of you know what, if he wants to join, then join lah. No need to make such an effort. Um, we've also got um, other messages that have come in. Uh, Norzi says, I don't really care which party. What's more important is how he can help to navigate the country to be better. At the moment, he's just like a sucker, a supernatural being being befriended by humans in Malay folklore looking for a new owner. Uh, some, of the, some of the comparisons today have been just such a tickle for the imagination. I deeply enjoy it. Um, we have, okay, we've got another caller with us. We've got Joe. Joe, good evening. What are your thoughts? Hi, good evening. Hi, Liz. Uh, yeah, for my, uh, for my opinion, yeah, I could say uh, KG should stick on the politics line, mm -hmm. politics field, because the country, you cannot run from a politics and also a great leader to lead a country. So for me, um, yeah, I'm quite young. I not, not, not know much about politics, but uh, I could say he should stay on the politics view and then maybe come up or join to any party. Maybe I know he's been a headhunt for all the party in Malaysia. So maybe he can choose wisely what party he want to join and then try to de uh, deliver. And also, um, I, I mean, send the, send the objective and also what he said for the past 10 years, try to do uh, what best for the country itself. Yeah, that's my point of view, Lynn. Joe, thank you so much for calling. Um, I, I think that I, I think that that point about good leadership and how it is that we think about good leadership, how we value it, 
I, I think that that's a valuable point. Now, people might feel differently um, about Kyrie Jamaluddin's leadership, but I think the overall point that you're making about making wise choices, about people being able to look towards folks that they think will lead us forward is valuable. Um, lots of people are actually agreeing with that. So Kamar Nizam says, so for now, he should just stay as a political analyst and give ideas without borders. And I think that that speaks a little bit to this desire to still have the ideas and the thoughts and the visions, but maybe not so much the uh, the politicking. Others are pointing out, um, so Ravin says time to do something else from politics. That's an exact opposite. Uh, Samuel, though, is sort of concurring with that a little bit, saying KJ lost in the last GE. It's clear that he isn't a favourite. I think he should seek more time away from politics. Hasman has a slightly different perspective, though, say becoming become an independent, stand in the PRN as a litmus test and decide then if he should be in GE16. So I think it is that one is more a combination of acknowledging that the last GE didn't exactly go um, his way and thinking then about how to move that forward. Now, some folks are also bringing up a party that I think, I think um, might be a little bit of an outlier. So KH says... Kyrie should join DAP, a potential break in the racial, politic, religious bigotry um, if he is statesman material not to continue as a run-of-the-mill politician, which we are in excess of. Uh, Amir says KJ should join DAP. So two votes there for DAP. Um, meanwhile, ooh, another one for an independent. Mukris says Kyrie to be an independent, be a trailblazer, set the political environment alight. It seems like he's got enough pull and star power, which is why both sides want him to join or rejoin. Um, I think this point about an independent is independent or starting your own party is is intriguing. Um, and actually, Paul is making a point in relation to that, saying, um, I wonder what the dominant parameters of a new party would be, whether it be politics, race, religion, perhaps a solid mover and shaker. It's time we had a conscience. And actually, we don't have time today because it is a shorter inside story. But I think that, Paul, the point you raise is actually very valuable, um, which is Away and aside from the the force of personality, the focus on the singular person, this question of if we were to talk about if we were to talk about there being a dominant or a newly dominant no no dominance the wrong word um, a party that has pull a new one uh, in our landscape. What do we want it to be based on? Because it is true that in many cases we seem to fall follow and fall back to. The same old, same old. Um, I think we've got another voice note actually that came in from Saiful. Humble opinion, Kairi Jamaluddin should take a break of this election on PRU 15. Uh, she, he could make a comeback at PRU 16 on, the, on right. the situation right now because at the end of the day, Kairi still a popular figure, still a politician. But I don't see it in this coming term because the thing is right now for Kerajaan Perpaduan, he is part of AMNO, ex-AMNO. Is he coming back to the PK, going to the PKR or any party that's based on uh, our current government? He will look back to the partners in the uh, Unity Common. So the only option for him right now, if he really want to come in now, should be on PR. Uh, Perikatan Nasional for pass or bersatu but it kind of interesting if he accept the offer going for DAP
Thank you. Thanks, Saiful. Uh, Nick actually is kind of going there as well, saying he wants to be Prime Minister, so I think he'll join PN. Um, all of which to say, it's an interesting dis- distribution of opinions and speculation. It's a lot, um, including just staying out of things or going for a totally new career. What I'm really excited about is to have this episode as a little time capsule <laughs> um, for the moment where, or the moment after, we find out exactly what it is that he's going to do. It'll be nice to have a listen back to this moment in time when it felt like, oh, we could go in any direction and see, I don't know, you know, where things were going to go. Okay, thank you everybody for listening and for joining in this little game that we've been playing where we've been talking about where Kyrie Jamaluddin could potentially go politically. You've been listening to Inside Story, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.